0: The future. You must understand the past. And the Colts, they played the Titans and they lost just a few weeks ago. So we're going to peel back the the book of the past in order to understand the present and predict the future. That's what we're going to do. We're also going to talk about what the Titans have done coming off by weeks in the four previous years that Mike Frabel was the head coach of the Titans. The news. Not great for the Colts. We're going to talk about the Pacers too. Pacers opening up tomorrow night at Gainbridge Field House. New look Cambridge Field House. New look Pacers. Younger Pacers. Fun, energetic. Some of the Pacers are back. Guys like Miles Turner, who's been here since two thousand fifteen. But if you love Miles Turner, you're going to want to get your fill of him quick, because he ain't going to be here long. He's going to get dealt. This. Is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people of BUSR. BUSR.com slash Kent. Deposit $100 or more your first time on the site, and they're going to kick in $25 in free casino chips. How about that? And if you want to go sports wagering, you can do that too. First-time deposit up to 1000 $1,000. They're going to match it in free play. BUSR.com backslash or slash Kent. All right. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the uh, like button. Always like. Ring the bell if you want an alert every time we go live. And if you want to make a donation, we love that. And we plow it right back into the broadcast and into the prizes that we give away during our little show. How about that? Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts with an utterly huge game this weekend. They're 3-2-1 going up against the 3-2 Titans in Nashville. Let's get rid of the bad news first, all right? Here is what has happened in four years coming off a bye. Here is what Mike Vrabel's Titans have done, all right? In 2018, they beat the Cowboys 28-14. That was at the Cowboys. Last three coming off the bye, they played at home this will be the fourth in a row that they'll have done that. In 2019, they beat the Jaguars 42-20. In 2021, they beat the Bills 42-16. That was the year that the Bills went to the playoffs and eliminated the Colts with Phillip Rivers, remember? In 2021, they beat the Jaguars another time 20 to nothing. So twice they played the Jaguars, and both those seasons the Jaguars stunk on ice. So this is a little bit skewed, However, if you you combine those four efforts, you get four wins, no losses, 132 points scored, and they allowed 50. This is a team that coming off a bye week has been not good, not mediocre, not real good. They have been dominant coming off a bye week. Now, you can look at that one of two ways. Number one, that's going to be a tough struggle for the Colts. It's going to be hard for them to muster up the strength to go to Nashville and beat a team coming off two weeks' rest. Or the Titans are due to go down. That's the way I'm preferring to look at this. You can't win them all. At some point, you're going to lose coming off a bye. Nobody wins them all. This week, I think it's Colts' turn. All right. On, uh... Let's talk about what happened the first time that the Colts and the Titans played. Just a few weeks ago. Was it week three, right, Uh, of this uh, week four? Whenever it was. To hell with it. I I don't know when it was. You know when it was. It was a loss at Lucas Oil Stadium, and here's what happened. Uh, The game was over in the first quarter. Titans went up 14-0, and here's how they did it. Uh, Colts first drive. Jonathan Taylor, ten or five runs, 11 yards. Uh, Matt Ryan fumbled on third and 15. If you get behind the sticks, teams are going to pin their ears back and get after Matt Ryan. You cannot get behind the sticks. Uh, the Titans take over at the Colts, 32. Two Henry runs, two Tannehill completions, and a scramble for nine yards from Tannehill, and all of a sudden it's 7-0. The second drive for the Colts, one Taylor run for two yards, two, t- two Ryan incompletions. They got to give the ball up. Henry, two runs for seven yards. Tannehill, completions of four, 22, and 23 yards. Henry, a 19 yard touchdown run. And all of a sudden, it's 14 0. Then, after they exchange field goals and it's 17 3, Ryan throws a pick. The-, the ball's picked by Tart at the Colts 28. Henry, three runs for 22 yards. Uh, Tannehill, two completions, 24-3 to three Titans in the second half. Somehow, someway, the Colts get back into the thing. It winds up being 24-17, but they couldn't score late, and as a result, they lose this game. Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries, 42 yards, one fumble lost, and only 15 yards before a contact. So 20 carries... 15 yards before contact, that offensive line did not do their job in opening holes for Jonathan Taylor. He is one of the best at running with a football after contact that there is, but that doesn't mean that the O-line can't create some holes and make it a little bit easier for JT. Let's go. Beat men. And, And really, we know what the thing is with the Titans. The Titans are a tougher team, historically tougher. You know why that is, because teams reflect their coaches. And while Frank Reich is a high-minded, really, really smart guy, how tough is he compared to Mike Vrabel? If you put Mike Vrabel and Frank Reich in the middle of a a little circle, if you put them in the cage, let's put them in the octagon, who you think's walking out? It isn't Frank Reich. Now, part of that's age. We know that. But Frank Reich is going to try to reason his way out of the octagon, while Mike Vrabel is going to throw Frank Reich on his head. That's the difference between Mike Vrabel and Frank Reich. You got one guy who tries to beat you up here. You got another guy who tries to beat you here and here. That's been historically a problem for the Colts as they played against the Titans. Am I hyper-simplifying this? Yes, I am. I'm oversimplifying it just a little bit. Uh, You know what's interesting, though? The Colts outgained the Titans, 365-243. to The turnover differential, 3-0 in favor of the Titans. Titans didn't turn it over. Colts, they turned it over three times. JT with a fumble, Matt Ryan with two fumbles, one lost, and then the interception that we discussed earlier to Tart. Can't do it, especially in your own territory. And that's what happened to the Colts. They turned the ball over, and they turned the game over. To the Titans. This time they got to play clean like they did against the Jaguars. And what's interesting about this game, what I was just going to mention, Ryan Tannehill was 17 of 21 in that first matchup. What did we just see? We saw Trevor Lawrence 20 of 22. You know what? It's okay to give up little bits and pieces dinka dinka dink dinka dunk. It's okay. There's no AJ Brown on the Titans now, no AJ Brown to account for. And because there's no A.J. Brown, they got nobody who can really get deep on you and cause you great heartache from that perspective. They do have Derrick Henry coming off a game a week and a half ago where he ran it 28 times for 102 yards. That you can deal with. Tannehill throwing, like I said, 17-21 to for 137 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Go get picks. If you can get them to turn the ball over, you have a chance to beat them. If you don't turn the ball over yourself, you have a chance to beat them. If you play smash-mouth football, not meaning run the football every down, but hit somebody in the mouth. You got 11 guys on 11 guys. Need the Colts, 11 guys, hitting their 11 guys in the mouth. You do that, you've got a chance to win. Like I said, uh... After a bye, which the Titans are coming off a bye, Ooh. it ain't been pretty for their opponents. But again, two of the four opponents against uh, Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans have been the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, as I said, stunk on ice. But they also beat the Cowboys in 18. They beat the Bills in 20. Colts have got to get tough. they got to find a way to keep Matt Ryan clean and what I suggest they do is they do exactly what they did against Jaguars until somebody stops that. And it's really, really hard to stop because you don't get in negative territory in terms of the chains, right? Snap, boom, snap, boom, snap, boom. Quick delivery. You go FedEx on their ass, right? Quick, speedy. UPS, what can Brown do for you? Brown can deliver it. Snap, boom. Brown ball. Michael Pittman. Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, who should be back, one of the many tight ends that the Colts employ. This is how you beat them. And then you want to change it up, go ahead and run the football a little bit. Once they are so baffled by the quick passing uh, offense that the Colts employ, you can change pace with runs. But don't try to establish a run. You saw what happened the first time you played against this team. Five carries in the opening drive for Jonathan Taylor, totaling 11 yards. Can't have it. 20 carries for Jonathan Taylor. Only 15 yards before first contact. Cannot have it. Colts, if they want to win this game, you're going to have to do it in the trenches. Chris Ballard built this team in the trenches. You're going to have to do it in the trenches. And you're going to have to do it with a wide receiver crew. Hey, you know what? They're not deep, but they are mighty. When you got Michael Pittman Jr. coming off a game where he had 13 catches, you have Alec Pierce with that 32-yard touchdown pass. You have Paris Campbell, who's really pretty good himself. Deion Jackson looked like a guy who could be a starting running back for a winning football team in the NFL. Don't be shy about continuing to use him. Eric Scott, you are the man. Go Colts indeed. Let's go buy houses, cash. Yes, yes, yes. Buy houses, sell houses, real estate. Hotter than hell. Let's talk about the Pacers for a minute, because the Pacers open up the regular season tomorrow, and we're not going to talk about them a lot this year. I was at the Pacers practice today. After practice, they had their little media availability, which was a little bit bigger than normal because it's the day before the opener. So the TV guys were out. That Dave Colabro was out there. Anthony Calhoun was out there today. The regulars like Tony East and Scott Agnes. Bob Kravitz, the great Kravvy, was there. And we're asking questions. And what you get is a sense that Tyrese Halliburton is a really good dude. And you get a sense that Benedict Matherin did not come to Indianapolis for no haircut. He's here to play winning basketball. Miles Turner? Miles Turner, not a very smiley guy. I think he knows that this is his last opener as a member of the Indiana Pacers. You, you get the sense that he knows he, he's on his way out the door, right? And, and Rick Carlisle you talk to, and, and you get the sense that he would, he would prefer to have his fingernails extracted from his fingers uh, with pliers than to continue a media conversation for any longer than he absolutely has to. I don't think Rick Carlisle <laughs> enjoys talking to media, and I don't blame him. In many ways. At any rate, the Pacers, 23-and-a-half is the over-under set at at BUSR. Pacers win over 23, and you bet the over, you win, right? If they win 24. 23, you lose. So that's winning, roughly. If you win 24 games, you lose 58. I cannot believe that this is a 24-and-58 team, although... That's as currently constructed. So with Buddy Heald, Daniel Theis, and uh, Miles Turner, you know what? This is not a bad basketball team, and they're going to win some games. If they hold on to those guys until the trade deadline, they have a chance to win a lot of games. Not get to 500, but could, could they win 30? Yes. Could they win 35? Hey, I don't know. Because the trade deadline is going to come and go. But the first three games are at Cambridge Fieldhouse. It's all kinds of fun. The place has been renovated. They're doing work on the north end. not of the building, outside the building where the plaza is going to be. going to be unbelievably cool. Uh, it seems like Rick Carlisle, according to the players, has really become kind of accommodating for younger players. He was not that in in Dallas. Didn't really like dealing with younger players. But here... What choice does he have, right? If you've got Tyrese Halliburton, let's just say Benedict Matherin and Chris Duarte at the wings, and then Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson down low, that's the youngest starting line. It's got to be the youngest in NBA history. Turner is going to be out the door. Heald's going to be out the door. Theis probably out the door. We'll see what the Pacers do beginning tomorrow night against the Washington Wizards. Then a couple of games over the weekend. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Colts on Sunday. Just phenomenal stuff. Great time to be alive and in central Indiana watching sports. The Yankees getting ready. Yankees and Guardians. I don't like either franchise, so I don't know who to root against. But it seems like the Yankees and Major League Baseball have conspired to make this as difficult as possible for the Cleveland Guardians. So... Let's go with Cleveland. I'm rooting for Cleveland. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent. You can uh, donate at your leisure. But we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow morning, sometime between 8 and 9, and continue the preview. It's going to be Optimism Wednesday. What am I talking about preview? It's going to be a very positive preview of the Colts and the Titans and the Pacers and the Wizards. Let's go. Let's get some wins.